Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, we're looking at Daniel. We're looking at this principle. Our series is called When You Pray. When you pray, miracles happen. Amen? When you pray, you encounter the presence of God. When you pray, strongholds are broken. When you pray, God answers. Isn't it amazing that God had to say to us, you have not because you ask not? Is is that an amazing thing? You have not because you ask not. I wonder how many times God's ready to answer prayer, but we didn't ask. We just did something else. We just went on our way. We just, we, we, we didn't take the time. You have not. God said that because you asked not. It's, it is as if God is saying, I am waiting to answer your prayer. I am ready to do something here. You have not because you ask not. You know, I find out when I really pray, does this work for you? Uh, every time I pray, I have a list of things I want God to do. Anybody? And, and that's kind of what we do. We're asking God, okay, let me, one more time. You guys don't do it. Okay. I kind of have needs in my life, so let me ask you again. Okay, let me ask you. When you pray or the things you're asking God to do, how many do that? Let me see your hand. Well, it's what we do. We're asking. We're interceding for ourselves, for the people. That's good. But I've noticed when I really pray, not just the little, you know, now lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord's soul to keep it, I sure wake, you know, da-da. Or, you know, the good bread, good meat, good Lord, let's see. You know, when you really pray, you know what I'm saying? You really pray. Here's what I find. Does this happen to you? I always have my list, things that are important to me. Things I need done. Thank God we can pray about those things. Because it's important to you, it's important to God. But as I pray, here's what happens. If I really pray, you know, because prayer is communication, right? And communication is two ways. It's not just me talking. God wants to talk to us. God wants to interplay. So here's what happens. I begin to pray. Here's my list. You know, and I go through my list. And, and, and usually it's kind of like this, you know. Uh, I sense God saying, you know, George, I have some things in my heart too. <laughs> oh, Okay. Yeah, can we talk? Can we talk? And so I wanted to take care of my stuff. God, this, 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 this. And he says, you know, George, while we're here, let's talk. Uh, and then he talks to me about sometimes things I really don't want to deal with. You ever been there? <laughs> about me. Huh? You know, God, change that person, change that person, change this situation, change this, change that. And God says, you know, George, I might want to change you. Well, gee, that's kind of personal, God. I don't want you to change me. Let's just change everybody else and I'll be happy. Right? Isn't that true? If everybody's just like me, wouldn't it be a great world? No, it wouldn't be. That's why God says, let's change. And so as we begin to pray, when we pray, you see that? When we pray, things change. And you know what changes when we pray? We change. We begin to change. Anybody ever discovered that? Sometimes the things I want God to change the most don't change, but he changes me and it's different. It's all different. You know, if, if I found this out. <laughs> Have you ever asked God to do something in prayer and it didn't happen? And later on, he answered it a different way and you're like, thank God you didn't answer that prayer. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. So you know what? He did answer that prayer. You know what he said? No. No. I love you too much to answer that. I can't do that. You know, you don't know what you're asking me. It's kind of like that. You, you know, it's like some of those prayers, God, please do it. And, 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 and he doesn't answer later on. Thank God you didn't do that. You know that person you thought in high school you couldn't live without? Remember that person? You couldn't live without that person. If they don't love me or like me or something, you know, I'm just not going to make it. And you come back to that 20-year class reunion and see them, you're like, my God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You say, just a minute, and you run outside. (laughs) Come back in and say, everything's good, you know. 
You have a Holy Ghost dance at high school reunion. Why? Because you say, thank you, Jesus, you didn't answer that prayer. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. So what happens when you pray? You know what happens when you pray? We allow God to begin to move. We create space for the will of God to happen. We begin to see things better than we know. God begins to do what? Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or imagine. Do you know God has plans for you that are so big you haven't even thought of them yet? Do you know that God wants to answer prayers? Listen to this. God wants to answer prayers you don't even know how to pray. We'll say, well, how does God answer prayers I don't know how to pray? That's why you pray in the Spirit. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, sometimes we don't know how to pray. But the Spirit of God prays through us and prays in accordance with the will of God. Come on, how good is it when you begin to pray? You see, that's what this series is all about. It's not, again, ritual. It's not religion. It's not grind. It's not, if you don't pray, no, no, no. It's when you pray. It's what happens when I pray. It's understanding this relationship with God. You know, it's, it's uh, you, you know, I think that it, it's kind of like all guys when you get married. You know, every, you know, there's a book that, that every young man when he gets married uh, needs to have. And, and you're giving this book when a young man gets married. And the title of the book is What Men Know About Women. And it's about that thick. And when you open it up, all the pages are blank. Anybody with me right now? You know, but if you're smart in a relationship, what happens? You begin to learn some things, right? It doesn't matter how many pairs of shoes she has. Be quiet. You guys are kind of low-key this morning. Let me, I'm going to try it over here on this side of the church. Think about how good your wife is and all she's done. And what's important, what's not important. It doesn't matter how many pairs of shoes she has. You ladies at least ought to give me an amen on that. Because we begin, we, we begin to learn, don't we? And you know what happens? I, I became a better person after I got married. I began to see there more in this life than me. I began to learn how to love my wife. And then God blessed us with children. And relationship made me a better person. And you know what happens when we pray? We develop a relationship with God. We develop this incredible, ongoing, growing relationship with God. And Christianity stops being church and religion, and it starts being relationship. And we begin to grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We begin to recognize the voice of God. We begin to make better decisions. We begin to stop things we ran right through before. Why? Because when you pray, your life begins to change. We open up our communication with God. So that's why we call this when you pray. Now, I want to go to Daniel. I said chapter 1, pardon me. Let's go to chapter 10. Daniel 10, your device is timed out anyway by now. So Daniel chapter 10. And I want, to, I want to pick up where we left off because I want to look at this, this issue today that's so vital. I, I just got there at the end of last week. And I want to talk to today about praying with authority. See, this relationship, I, I, I kind of walked this into this point this moment, uh, this morning, because I want you to understand that everything flows out of relationship. Everything flows out of our being close to God. How do we come close to God? Through Jesus Christ. How, do I, how am my sins forgiven? Through Jesus Christ. Why does God hear me when I pray? Through Jesus Christ. Do you earn answers to prayer? No, Jesus paid the way for your prayers to be answered. How do I access the presence of God? Through Jesus Christ. He says we pray in his name. It's through him. But I want you to see something today that, that as a result of that relationship. Someone say relationship. 
we can begin to pray with authority. I'm convinced, listen to me, that we really don't understand praying with authority because our eyes are still more on us than on God. We have to understand how authority works. We need to understand the dynamic of this. And I want to let you come back one more time. And I want you to see that, that when we are praying, we are allowing God to come into a moment, to come into a situation, and to battle forces we don't even know about. How many heard what I said? To begin to shift something we can't even see. To begin to the, get to the root of the issue that may be holding our life back. So this is critical that we understand this. And, and it, it engages, it happens, it releases, it becomes reality only as you pray. Okay? As you pray. So let's look in Daniel 10. Why are we in this, this 21-day fast? Well, we are believing that God will do in and through us as we pray this Daniel model fast. Some of the things we see here. Daniel 10, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Now look at verse 2. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for how long? Three weeks, 21 days. This is the, the model of this Daniel fast. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. There's the diet. And the Daniel fast, basically, and again, on a website, there helps for you. We're not eating meat. We're not eating uh, sweet meat, sweets. Or dairy. So what are we doing? We, we are, we're saying, God, I don't have to do this. It's not bondage. It's not ritual. I want to take some time to draw close to you. I, I, I want to pray and fast because Scripture tells us what happens. So he's, he's praying this Daniel fast. We saw him do this earlier in his life. So we, we, I want to fast forward. Let's go to verse number 12. Uh, God sent an angel to him at this point. Uh, as he's praying and fasting. Verse 12, here's the encounter. The angel continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since when? Since what day? First day. So God's been hearing you since Monday. Come on, say, I'm seven days into a miracle. Say it right now. I'm seven days into a miracle right now. I'm seven days into the attention of God. Heaven is looking at me in a fresh way for seven days now. Seven's a good number in Scripture. I want you to say again, the eyes of God are on me right now. Come on, say this. God's on me. His eyes are on me. Say his ears are open. Something special happens. Now, does God hear you every day? Yes. Does God know about you every day? There's something unique about praying and fasting. So he says, Daniel, I want you to know something. Let's look at it again. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Now again, this, this, is, this is a picture. Here's the picture of what's going on around us all the time that we rarely ever see. We understand the three dimensions of this world, but there's a fourth dimension. It's a spirit dimension. It's a spiritual world around us. It's where demons and angels exist in traffic. It's where we find uh, sometimes God will pull the curtain back a little and we'll get a glimpse. This is ongoing all the time. Here we get a glimpse of this. See? He says, but the prince of Persia, of the Persian Empire. Now Cyrus was the king of Persia. We just read that. And he said, so 20, he said, 21 days ago, God sent me with the answer to your prayer. He says here, but the prince of Persian kingdom of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Now, was that an earth? It's either an earthly entity or it's a heavenly entity. All right. So, so which one is it? Pastor, how do you know? Let's keep reading. 
It's a scripture. This is a Bible. If you believe Jesus loves me, you got to believe this too. You don't pick and choose the Bible. You don't cherry pick. It's all the word of God or none of the word of God. Are you with me? All right. So, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, we know him from scripture to be what? An angel, an archangel. All right. So then Michael came, one of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So in this heavenly realms around us, there was a, a, a spiritual warfare going on, a demonic principality over the nation, the kingdom of Persia was warring against this angel, fighting with him to keep this answer from coming to Daniel. Do you know that you're so important to God that he'll break through any resistance to get an answer to you where you are right now? Do you know that you and I need to be faithful in our praying and fasting and not give up because God has heard us and an answer is coming right now? Do you know that you're so important to God that Satan will do anything to stop you from fulfilling the purpose of God in your life? But the good news is, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Greater is the God who created the universe than the devil who was cast out of heaven. Greater are the angels of God sent on assignment than any demon that the devil throws against you. Some people say, well, pastor, I don't like to think about those kind of things. I've got other issues. The other issues you're dealing with are influenced by the things you don't see. But the good news is the God we serve sees what we don't see, knows what we do not know, able to to do what we are not able to do and as we pray and fast we are aligning ourselves for these strongholds these things that are holding back your spiritual progress as we pray and fast God releases something to come to your aid so he says Michael came uh, verse 14 now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come so Daniel here's the answer to your prayer so I want you to understand something. Let's, let's, we, we understand this from modern warfare. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Here's, here's what you know. You, you, you must remember this. Whatever army, nation controls this air will win on the ground. You understand that? The air force, without an air force, you're going to lose a war. But whoever rules the sky rules the ground. The ground troops, you and I. Got me? The ground troops are dependent on the air to go in before us and do things we can't do. I have some good news for you. That the air has been won by Jesus Christ. That the heavenlies have been invaded by the power of God. And you and I are going to win the ground war because our God has won the air war. See, that's how it goes. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Let's look at a familiar passage. I want you to understand this. We're going to make a quick application uh, because I want you to see and understand your prayer life. What's going on? Ephesians chapter 6. Turn there with me, please. So here, here's this passage we've often read. I want you to think of it in light of what we've just seen. Then we want to make some application. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong how? Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So I want you to understand my strength, my ability, your ability, our strength is not ours, it's the Lord's. I want to encourage you today. It's not your strength, it's his strength. All our life until we met him, it was what we could do. Now we're walking in the relationship with what he can do. So I want you to understand, we are men and women authorized and empowered to pray amazing prayers, but you must shift your focus away from yourself and onto your God. 
I have people say to me all the time, Pastor, I don't think God's going to hear my prayer. And I say, why? Did Jesus not go to the cross? Is he not in heaven? Did he not conquer? No, because I haven't done my best. Well, you know what? It wasn't you or me that died on the cross. It was Jesus who died on the cross. And every prayer that is ever answered for us is not that we earned it. It's that Jesus made a way for it. Now, we live a godly life because we love him. Because we serve him. But we don't earn it. We respond to what he's done. How many can say amen? So I want you today, as you begin to pray, as you're praying and fasting, as you're believing things, I want you to pray big, bold prayers. Amen? Can somebody say that? Big, bold prayers. Why? Because our eyes are on a great God. So let's look at this. This is how you pray. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can do what? Take your stand against the devil's what? Scheme. Do you see this position? I got to take a stand. I'm not sitting down. I got up. I'm active. You're right. I'm, 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 I'm standing. I'm active. I'm, I'm in a position to, to encounter this. The devil has schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. See? But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. Where? In the heavenly realms. Not heaven. In the heavenly realm. In the spiritual warfare arena. That surrounds us. That's the real battle. That's the real place. Again, you say, well, pastor, how do I engage that? You pray to God and God engages these things. We trust in the Lord and God directs us and guides us as we pray. So let's keep reading. Uh, So he says again, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Why? So that when the day of evil comes, you may what? Be able to stand your ground. Look at this. And after you have done everything to stand... And then he says for the third time in verse 14, stand firm then. And we go through this this weaponry of a praying saint of God. What is it? The belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. If you have faith, it begins to do what? What does it do? And which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Listen to me. Let me help you. You know what happens when you pray? You pick your faith back up. Do you know when you pray, you pick your shield back up? Look, the, the devil's shooting fiery darts at us every day, right? He's trying to discourage you, you stop you, hinder you. And so, look, look what happens. This is what the devil wants you to do. This is my shield. This is your faith. He wants you to get tired. And you know what he wants you to do? Drop your shield. You know what you become then? Target practice for the devil. Sometimes it's hard to pull that shield up, isn't it? Pastor, I haven't had the prayer answered yet. Uh, Pastor, I prayed 21 days. Or uh, Daniel, God, I've prayed 20 days. I've prayed 20 days, God. You're one day from a breakthrough. (laughs) But you know what I do? You know what you do while you're waiting? You keep that, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I believe you, God. And the devil's still shooting, but now your faith is knocking those arrows off of you. So let me ask you, how do you want to walk to your next breakthrough? Target practice for the devil? Huh? God's still God, even though you're getting your brains beat out over here. Come on. Am I, and you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you just walk around. He's just bing, bing, bing. You're like, oh, oh, oh. Put that shield up. God, I trust you. God, I'm going to believe in you. God, I know your promise is true. The devil's shooting the darts, but they're bouncing off that shield. You understand the shield of faith. That's why you pray. Okay, when you pray, your shield comes up. Stand firm then with these things, all right? In addition... 
to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, watch this, and the sword of the Spirit, the only offensive weapon, which is what the Word of God. Look at this, and you're not through with that list until you see what you're talking about when you pray and pray. Someone say, and pray. All that you can't stand unless you pray. You don't have a shield of faith unless you pray. None of this works unless you pray. What happens when I pray? I'm armored by God. What happens when I pray? My faith rises. My hope rises. I have protection against the enemy. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. You know what you should do when you have a hard time? Pray. You know what you should do when you wake up in the morning? Pray. You know what you should do when you go to work? Pray. Come home. Pray. Wake up. Pray. Go to sleep. Pray. Face a battle. Pray. Pray. Fast. Pray. Fast. Why the devil's shooting darts? But God is with you and for you. And a breakthrough is coming your way. When you pray. When you pray. These are the things that God begins to do. The heavenlies. This this arena of spiritual warfare that, that, that rages around us. You know, do you remember uh, that, that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue? We visited that, that, that location on our Israel trip. And in, on that location, the city was teaching. The man was in the synagogue that day, and he was demon-possessed. And the demon cried out you know, to Jesus. Jesus told him, be quiet. Told the demon, you be quiet. Don't interrupt what we're doing here. And I've had somebody say, well, Pastor, can a demon come to church? I met a few. But let me tell you this. Don't, why does that shake you up? Pastor, you think, see, because here's the deal. I'm not demon conscious. I'm God conscious. If I need to do something to the demon, God will give me the gift of discernment. We'll cast him out, rebuke him, and go on in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we have authority. We have authority. Have authority. So we're not walking in fear. We're walking in faith. God, thank you. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm walking in faith. I'm walking in the presence of God. Discernment's operating in your life. When the enemy, if something comes through that, that battle and you fight it, God knows you're able to defeat it. Amen? So let me show you. So what do we do? What do we do? What did Daniel do in his crisis? He prayed. He fasted. What did Jesus do in the, in the wilderness? He prayed and he fasted. What did Jesus say? Some of these things never come out unless you pray and you fast. What did Paul do as he began his ministry? He was praying and he is fasting. We have to shift the focus from ourselves to who he is and what he's done. You know what we are really? You know what we are? We are connectors. We are connectors. The power of God, the glory of God is in heaven. But he said, pray, let your will in heaven become what? Reality on this earth. And so I don't, know, I don't know which one you are. We just need to get the good stuff. See, maybe you're a power cord. You know, see, that maybe, that, maybe that's what you look like in the kingdom. And what happens? Somebody is low, and you connect one end to God, and you connect the other end to this person. Thank you for being, when you pray, we connect. See, that's who we are. It's not about the connection. It's God's who the source and earth that needs it. And so what do we do? Bang, we just connect. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're a little, you know, you're a little apple type person you get the cool little white one you know because because we're going to plug in this in and, and and so what do you do we're just connectors you see when you're praying you have all the glory of god you have everything god is all the resources of god but there's a gap getting them to earth there's something missing so what do we do we pray 
We plug in and we brought heaven to earth every time you begin to pray, when you pray. Or maybe, you know, you say, well, I need a USB cable to get my stuff done. Or I need a HDMI. I need something. I've got, but it's what you are. You may be HDMI, USB, power cord, Apple, whatever, you know, something else. I don't know. But you're the person that connects everything God is to everything this world needs. How many can say amen to that? Tell the person next to you, you're a connector. You're a connector. When you pray we connect we begin to release the most amazing things into the situation when we begin to pray let's go to Matthew 28 and verse 18 when you pray somebody say when you pray when you pray when you pray not if you pray Matthew 28 but when you pray not if but when Matthew 28 verse 18 see what we're learning and what we're understanding and what I want you to see here is that it's all about God it's all about who he is what he's done the victory of the cross and what we do is simply connect that with what's happening in this moment if I don't pray there's no connection with what God can do and what's going on right here if I don't pray it doesn't happen we're the connection prayer connects that it makes it happen so look at Matthew 28 18 uh, what's the setting you tell me Matthew 28 what has happened what what led up to this what, what has happened in the life of Jesus by the time we get to Matthew 28 has he gone to the cross Yes, he has died on the cross and shed his blood uh, for the salvation of the world. And, and then they buried him. Is he still in the tomb here in Matthew 28? No, he's been resurrected for, after three days. And so now he's, he has a meeting with the disciples after the cross, after the resurrection. And he says something to them he had never said before. And all the teaching for three and a half years, he makes the statement. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said... Look at this. All authority in heaven, here's the kicker, and on earth has been given to me. I've told you, you know, that God authorized Adam and Eve to represent him on this earth. When Adam and Eve sinned, they forfeited the delegated authority they had to Satan. Do you know Jesus called Satan the prince of the air, the prince of the earth? You remember in the wilderness when he was tempted by Satan during the 40 days when Satan took him up on a high mountain and said, here's all the kingdoms of the earth. Look at their glory. I can give it to you. Jesus never challenged that. You ever thought about that? If that was a lie, Jesus would have said, get out of here. He said, I don't need it that way. I don't want it that way. Satan was the de facto spiritual head of this planet for all that time after Adam and Eve sinned until Jesus came. And when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for our sins and three days later was raised from the dead, the authority God had given Adam to represent him that he forfeited when he sinned and Satan usurped was taken back out of the hands of Satan and placed in the hands of Jesus never to be stolen again, never to be lost again, never to be forfeited again. And then Jesus looked at you and I, the church, and said, I have won the ultimate victory. I have won the ultimate battle. I have defeated the prince of this earth and I hold the authority. I am going to authorize you with what has been lost to represent me on this planet and when you pray in my name heaven here's what you say and your word is heard in heaven and the authority of God is released into that moment everything that Adam lost Jesus regained and he invested in those who know him as his savior so I want you to understand something 
When you pray in Jesus' name, you are releasing everything heaven has into that moment. Prayer is releasing the authority that, that ushers in the power of God. Power is ability. Authority is the right to use that power. It's the right to use that power. See, we, we understand. And I told you last week, did Satan lose his power at the cross? No, he lost his authority. He still has power. I've heard Christians run around and say, the devil has no power. That's not true. Look at the world we're in today. I told you, look, look at the world. Look at demon-possessed people. Look at the craziness of our culture. The devil has a lot of power. But we have more authority. Power is ineffective without the authority to use it. What authority does Satan have? The place we give him. So what do you mean? How do I authorize Satan? Well, when I know what God's word is and I choose to walk against it, I just open the door for him to use his power against me. See, I, as long as I live in obedience to the Lord, listen, not perfection, but direction. What does that mean? I don't earn this thing, but if I fall, <laughs> I'm going to fall forward. I'm going to get up and keep moving with Jesus. See, because our authority is not in our performance, it's from what he did on the cross. And so as long as we continue to walk in that vein, I tell people all the time, how many, what, how many have ever been swimming? Let me see your hand. Don't go to sleep on me. How many have been swimming? All right, let's look around the room one more time. How many of you have been swimming? Look at this. And you're all still alive. You know why? Because you jumped in the water, but you knew when to get your head out of it. You know what happens if you sin? Get your head up out of that sin. And say, in the name of Jesus, I fell in, but I don't live here. I missed it, but I'm coming up. I was in, but I'm out. See, that's how you live. It's not my perfection. It's my direction. You're alive. You swam, but you know when you get your head up. If you fall in sin, have at least enough sense to say, that was stupid. That was knucklehead. Don't make an excuse. Don't say, well, everyone does it. Well, you want to die with everyone? Don't walk around and say, well, this is 2020. I know what year it is. Don't go around and be crazy. Make an excuse. Get you a support group. We're all done the same sin. I don't care if there's 400 of you that said your name. Hi, I'm George. I'm a knucklehead. No. Why don't you get up out of that and say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I've been authorized by Jesus. Satan, you have to let me go. You have to stand back. You have to get out of my family. You have to surrender to me. I was that, but I've turned the page. I'm authorized. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But if you like sin, just wallow in it. If you like being sick and tired, just stay there. Just wallow around. Find an excuse, find a bunch of people, you know, and, and y'all just be sad together. Just miserable together. You know that old like misery loves company. You know what it's like. Some people want to go to church and be miserable. They want to come to church and the pastor say, it's all right. God understands, honey. What did Jesus go to the cross for? So we can stand up here and say, it's okay, baby. You know, some of you mamas need to quit doing that. You should have done some of this. <laughs> I know that's not PC, but I don't really care. In my house, the Board of Education met the seat of learning on a regular occasion. Had my dad not done that, I'd be in jail today. Thank God. For that. All right, so let's go on. That's just for fun. So, so let's look at this. Let's look at this authority. Let's watch this. It's one thing to have authority, but it's another thing to exercise authority. 
See, when you pray, it's the whole issue. When you pray, isn't it amazing that we've been redeemed, forgiven, released, and authorized to pray prayers that loose the power of God? But prayer is the last resort to us. We, we fumble around. I don't know how to pray. If you can talk, you can pray. It's just relationship. It's praying with authority. Stop measuring yourself in the problem and look at the bigness of God. Stop looking at how long it's been there, how hard it is, the generation involvement, and look at the power of Almighty God. And you are authorized to step in and break that. I read the testimony of a lady and her sisters that got together in the most horrific thing, that their family had molestation and rape. I know that's, that's, that's raw language, but it's where we are in this world today. And they sat down in a moment with a mother who had not properly watched over them but they walked in authorized by God and looked at that mother in, with forgiveness and what are they saying you don't owe me you don't owe me and you're not my source God is my source I release you and when they released her they released themselves from that thing that had held their life can you imagine you are authorized to pray prayers that will sever generational sin that has been in a family for years decades century and millennia that is the power of your prayer in Jesus name I know it may sound at times a few moments ago, I'm hard on somebody in sin. It's not hard on that. I'm hard on excusing it. You understand? Because I know the power of God. I know what God can do. If you're in the struggle, come on, keep fighting. You're going to win this thing. Maybe you've been up and down. Keep going. Get your head out of the water. I'm not against you in the fight. I, I'm, just, I'm just not satisfied when you give up. I'm not going to give you an excuse to quit because I know there's more to you. I know God has bigger plans for you. I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm pushing you. I'm saying, don't you give up. Don't you. When you excuse yourself, you accuse yourself. Just make it go. Come on. God's big enough. Amen. Let me show you. It's one thing to have authority. It's another thing to exercise it. You remember when Moses has trying to get his life together. Inside of him is the sense. Come on, listen, we're talking about finding that page, turning that page. In a sense, there was a sense something's wrong here. My people, I grew up in Pharaoh's home, and I'm in line to be a Pharaoh, but when I look at the abuse of my people, Israel, they're slaves. And something rose up in him, and he said, it's not right. I, I, I can't live in Pharaoh's house and turn my head and my back and ignore what my people are going through. See? And so he, he begins to look at this and he, he sees an Egyptian beating a, a, a Hebrew slave. And what, is, what does he do? In his own strength, he kills the Egyptian. And now what happens? He's a fugitive. Do you see, when we react in our own ability, listen to me, when I react in my own ability, I sever my opportunity to fulfill my destiny. I want to say that again. When I react in my own ability, I sever the opportunity to fulfill my destiny. Instead of him helping his people, what did he do? He had to run and hide for 40 years. But the good news is, when you and I have blown it in every direction, and it looks like there's no way back, there is a God. 
who will track you down on the backside of the desert and to get your attention, set a bush on fire and not let it burn up till you come over and take a look. And then he'll say, hey, Moses, I know who you are, where you are. I never forgot about you and I've never given up on you. And I hear my people praying, we have an appointment. You go back and do what I told you to do. So Moses goes back and, and, and you know what the account, 10 mighty visitations of the power of God and Pharaoh finally releases the Israelis to leave and they march out blessed of God the, the, they, they plundered the Egyptians of all their wealth not by force but God just gave them favor so in one moment think of this they are redeemed they are released they are repaid for 400 years of slavery and go marching out of Egypt and a couple of days later they come to the Red Sea and they get to the sea what, what, what do we do? And they look behind them and the Egyptian army is storming down on them. Go to Exodus 14 with me. Now remember, Exodus 14, come on, turn there, verse 15. Look at this. It's one thing to have authority, it's another thing to do what? Exercise it. You remember when Moses first encountered God? He had been a shepherd for 40 years and his identity had shifted from deliverer to shepherd. From, from a mighty man to... to, to what he was at that moment. And the thing that insulted him the most, that haunted him, reminded him, was that shepherd's staff. That had become his identity. He held it every day. He looked at it every day. This is who I am now. This is what I've become. This is my life. And what did God tell him to do? He said, you need to throw that down. He said, now I want you to go pick it up. How many are willing to throw some things down? Let go of your crutch. Come and look at me. I'm working on you today, but I'm trying to help you. You know, uh, there are a lot of people, come on, let, oh boy, should I say this? I'm going to say it. You're praying, God set me free. Look, watch, watch. God set me free from this thing I'm leaning on, my crutch, my staff, and God starts moving it, and you're like, oh, God set me free. Lord, get this out of my life. Okay, Whoa. You pull that out, I'm going to fall. You let him pull it out, you may learn how to stand. <laughs> okay, so, so if you really want to be set free, you're going to have to let go. Yeah, is it your crutch or is it something that's holding? So he, so he said, you got to throw that thing down. And so Moses had to throw it down. He picks it up. Watch, now that staff has been authorized by God. Now you're authorized. See, now you're shifted. The whole thing's different. So watch it. So the Egyptians are coming. The Red Sea's in front of them, and, and, and everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. I mean, they've just seen these ten miracles to be released. Right. Oh, God, it'd been better if we'd stayed there. Why'd we ever leave? Oh, God, what are we going to do? Look at this. This is pretty amazing. Not very many times God will tell you, stop praying. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? What are you doing? Get up off your face. Did you forget everything I've done for you? Have you forgotten all that I did to get you here? Do you not recognize that when you raised that shepherd's staff, it now became the rod of God's authority? You raised that staff and water turned to blood. You raised that staff and frogs came and frogs left and gnats came and gnats left and darkness came and darkness left. Do you not know who you are? Did you forget what I've done? Do you not know what that staff represents? 
Why are you crying out to me? Tell them. Now, did you? I think I want to. I think I want you to go back. Let, you, let's, let's go to the next verse. Tell the Israelites to move on. Look at verse 16. What did he tell me to do? Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand. Divide the water. Go through on dry ground. You know what he said? Why are you crying out to me? You do something. You do something. You do something. Pick up the staff of your authority and part the sea. Stop saying, I can't do it. Stop looking at your staff. Stop saying, I don't speak well. I don't know what to do. I've made too many mistakes. You are authorized by God. It's not who you are. It's who he is. It's not what you've done. It's what he's done. Stop crying and pick your staff up. Stop whining and use your authority. Church family, come on. During this prayer and this fast, what God is saying, get your eyes off yourself. Put your eyes on this mighty God. Stop saying it can't happen. It won't be done. It'll never be done. And raise up your authority in Jesus' name and begin to declare what he says. It will happen. It is happening. God does hear me. We're moving from this place to the next blessing God has in my life. I want you to stand with me. I want our worship team to come join me. Come on, stand with me. Let's stand together. You're authorized. You're authorized. What does the Bible say about you? You're going to have to exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Someone say exercise. You ever heard the term use it or lose it? Yeah. Time to exercise your faith. What does God say? What are you willing to stand? Remember, this thing is taking a stand. Are your children not serving God? Take a stand. Take a stand. God said, Moses, get up off your face and stop crying and raise that authority right now. You know what I believe God is saying to us? He says, I know it doesn't look good. Raise your authority up right now. Pray in the name of Jesus. Pray in the name of Jesus. Everybody loves to quote it. Put this up, guys, would you? I'm sorry, but I want you to see this. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Come on. You can quote that verse. Everybody quotes it. But we're really good at grabbing one verse. Aren't we? Don't we love to grab that one verse? Look at this. Come on. Read it out loud. Let's all read it. Read it. Ready? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Isn't that great? Keep reading. Verse 12. Then you will, oh, you mean I got to pray about this? You mean I got to exercise some faith? You mean I need to release some authority? Then you'll call on me and you'll do what? Come and pray to me. If you believe Jeremiah 29 11, then you do Jeremiah 29 12. And I'll listen to you. I'm not done. Look at verse 13. You ready? You'll seek me and find me when you pray once a month in a crisis. All your heart, prayer and fasting. Then look at verse 14. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You see that? And I'll bring you back. And I will gather you from places you've banished. And will bring you back to the place from which I carried. In other words, God said, I'm going to restore everything the devil took out of your life. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. How many of you believe Jeremiah 29, 11? I have plans for you, says the Lord. 
My plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. So if God's not going to harm you, he didn't make you sick. He didn't break you. He didn't take your job. He didn't wreck your family. He didn't do it to get your attention. He's not going to harm you. So if something's harming me, I better exercise my authority. Go back to verse 12. Verse 12, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to exercise my faith. This is not what he said. So what am I going to do? I'm going to call on the Lord. I'm going to pray to you. You're going to deliver me. Moses, get up off your face. Raise up your authority. Exercise who you are. Stand in the midst of the battle. Because there are more for us than against us right now. There's more for us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.